Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino up in Blackhawk. They're giving away a Tesla and with gas prices. Why would you not want a Tesla right now? But if you don't, no problem. They're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings, 4th of July weekend. So that is coming up fast. Don't forget when you go up there to be part of this great promotion, check out their sports book, a great 99-cent menu, and really loose slots. They can't say that. I can. Head up to Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. All right, let's go out to the hotline. Thrilled to bring in Brian Anglum, TV color analyst for the Tampa Bay Lightning, longtime hockey analyst for ESPN, ABC, and NBC. And in my personal opinion, Terry, and I think you would agree with me, say what you want about Guy Lafleur and Ken Dryden. Brian Anglum on defense is the reason why the Canadians <laughs> won a bunch of Stanley Cups. Would you agree with that, Terry? Absolutely. And you're forgetting that he's a former Wisconsin Badger and a Colorado resident. There you go. He's a Colorado resident. Brian, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I appreciate the info. Uh, two of the three things are true. The one about the Canadians is absolutely false, but I appreciate <laughs> you, you blowing smoke. Dude, That's you got great. robbed for a third ring. I know that you didn't play a long, a long time with them, but you, you deserved a ring, or at least like one of those, those rings that, that kids love. It's kind of like a sucker. They should have given you one of those. <laughs> Something. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I just played a couple of playoff games, I but I didn't qualify because I didn't play in the finals. But you know what? I got to go in the parade and the parties after. So <laughs> right. It was the next best thing. I just didn't get my name in the cop that first year. Do you even remember? That works. Do you even remember the parties? <laughs> What's the question? Do you even remember the parties? <laughs> got he it. forgot the question. There we go. Well, yeah. uh, I'm guessing you've been at least part of a couple of parades with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. Tampa Bay Lightning. What was the yep. difference between the game last night and what we saw previously? Oh, God, light years. Um, so many things. Game one wasn't that bad for the Lightning. I, I know Colorado had puck possession, and I know they dominated scoring chances and, and all that stuff, but it did go to overtime. Uh, the two early goals were uncharacteristic of Vasilevsky, if you go all the way back to the to the first game, um, and then it was three to one at the end of the first, and they come back and they tied it up. And I honestly, honestly thought, well, I've seen this before. I think they're going to win. Well, they didn't. It was a hell of a goal. It was a great play, and Colorado deserved the win. A second game, <laughs> I've been trying to uh, explain that. The Lightning players and the coaches have been trying to explain that everything just went you know where. I mean, it went south so fast. And uh, Colorado, I think Cooper said it the best. He said, We have two elite teams, one played elite, and the other one not even close. And 
you know, past that, you know, it's it's seven nothing. It speaks for itself. Have you ever so, seen two yeah. games like that swing so drastically from one end to the other? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I've seen. See, I, I can't quote you a year and a time and teams and all that stuff, but yeah, I've seen it before. Um, I've been saying all along uh, this year and for many years actually, you don't have a series, especially the the deeper you go and when you get to the finals and it's East versus West. You don't know each other. And I've always been a feel guy as a player. I want to have a feel for everybody on the other team, especially the star players. So I was saying that if I was defenseman on the Lightning before game one, I was not sleeping very well thinking about Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCart. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, all the systems in the world and all that stuff, blah, 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 we're going to limit it, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. You come down to one-on-ones, and that's what the game is all about. So... Uh, they had a plan for that, but the the interesting thing for me has been all four series in Game One. They played very much the same against Toronto in Game One of the first series. They lost five nothing. They sat back and they played a defensive game and just kind of receive, 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 defend, defend, defend all the time, and it didn't work so well. And it didn't. It, it wasn't working great even in Game One of this series, but they were even worse in Game Two. So, and early on in the playoffs, they became this entity, and everybody talked about it. Wow, the Tampa Bay Lightning are this unreal defensive team. Look at the shot blocks and everything else, and blah, blah, blah. Great. But that's only half of their team. They still have Kucherov. They still have Stamkos. They still have Victor Hedman. They still have a lot of guys up front. Alex Kaloran, Sorelli, these guys can score. Braden Point. Um, and you're only seeing half of it. And in game two, I mean, they just stood around. And they were playing basically a 1-3-1, which means you're standing around a lot in the neutral zone, and it wasn't working. So in, in game three, they came out and they showed the other side of what the Lightning are all about. They, they can play offense, and they've established that over the last several years. And I thought this whole defensive thing was like, okay, enough, enough. I don't... Andre Vasilevsky doesn't need five shot blockers in front of him. <laughs> he needs inspiration. And that means Victor Hedman, you know, handling the puck. That means Stamkos going north. Kucherov, uh, point didn't play. Um, but everybody attacking and pushing Colorado back. And then they finally got that in game three, and you saw that it made it a huge difference. Do you think that this Stanley Cup final? will be a mirror image of what we saw in the Eastern Conference Final, which is Tampa lost the first two games, then they fell behind in Game 3, and then they blew the doors off the Rangers. I can't predict that. Um, then, why do we have, then why do we have you on the show, Brian? Terry, why'd you ask, why'd you ask me to book Brian? Why'd you ask me to book Brian? Because he's going to tell us the difference differences and the similarities between oh. Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Well, Brian. but the Rangers are a very good team, but they're not as far along as Colorado is. That's part of the reason. Rangers are a very good team, and they're going to be excellent. And there are a lot of parallels to Colorado over the last year or so, but not so much this year. Colorado's been through their pains. They have a very deep team. Joe and his staff, Sackick, that is, have done a terrific job. They are ready to win, and they have shown that. There's no doubt about that. So. Is this the best all-around team? Yeah, it is that that the Lightning have seen, and I'm a, as I said, there. 
you need a game. You need two games in my mind in order to get a real feel for each other. You got a series after two games, and they were down 0-2. The Lightning have been through everything. They yep. were one and one against Toronto. They were two and zero against Florida, and they were zero and two against the Rangers. So they've done it every which way. So I then t- they go zero and two against Colorado, and and so now they're starting to push back. Where it goes from here, I can't predict that. I tipped my hand with, on the question, but. It- but how impressed are you by K.L. McCarr? And how are, how are Victor Hedman is just physically imposing. Uh, but that's the big difference, I guess. But how are K.L. McCarr and Victor Hedman the same, and how, how are they different? Well, they're, they're both in the conversation for the Norris for, for reasons. Uh, they are a little different. K.L.'s a lot younger. Um, he is he's like a hovercraft. It seems like he barely touches the ice. He is somewhere, some combination of Paul Coffey, the way he skates, and mm-hmm. even people have brought up Bobby Orr, which I have never brought up Bobby Orr because I'm a huge, the biggest Bobby Orr fan in the history. But I, I will say, yeah, I can see that because of the way he can, he can dominate play, absolute dominate. He has that escape ability in his own zone where one four-checker comes in, he doesn't even seem to worry about it. He just, he's just thinking about where am I going to pass this? Yeah, I know this guy is on me, but... He's got, he's got horizontal, vertical, every direction, every direction you want. Um, he can do it. Victor's different. Victor is 6'6", 230 pounds, and he can skate. Believe me, he can skate. He eats people up. But he has played a lot more conservative because that's the way the Lightning play. That's what they've done the last couple of years when they have won. And they, um, Cooper pointed out, you know, a couple of years ago, they're playing against the top defensive teams in the league, like Boston and the Islanders and Dallas, and they were beating them. This year, it's all the top offensive teams. That really shows you something, and it's, it's led by Victor Hedman because he plays more than anybody else. But I didn't want him back blocking shots all the time either. He has been pretty conservative. I'm a little worried about that hit by Lafreniere that sideswiped him, that hit him in the jaw um, in the Rangers series. He hasn't looked exactly the same to me, but at the same time, he has also been a little more conservative than I would like to see him because I'd like to see him do some of the stuff that Kale McCard does, does because he can do it. Will he? I, I'm not quite sure. We are talking with Brian Anglum, Angblum, excuse me, TV color analyst for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, he used to be here covering the Avalanche, two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Canadians and longtime analyst for ESPN, ABC, and NBC. As you might imagine around here, a lot of panic, specifically about Darcy Kemper. As you watched last night's game, how much, and I know Tampa played great, and I believe each line scored, and they are a very deep team, but how much was on the Avalanche defense not playing a great game? How much was on Kemper? And around here, people are saying, boy, better pull Kemper and put in Francois. What would you do? It's really interesting because everybody gets so animated and so emotional yep. when you get to the finals. I, yep. I get that. I understand. Was anybody saying pull so, Vasilevsky uh, after a 7 uh, nothing loss? Probably not. Well, and he didn't, right? right? And I've, I've handled a lot of questions about that the last couple of days, huh. saying, why, why didn't he take him out? I mean, wasn't he you know, beating them up? No. They have an understanding, and Vassie doesn't want to come out. And, you know, we get different schools of thought because, you know, some goalies will, will want to come out. I mean, the famous Patrick Waugh thing. You know, we're talking Colorado yeah. here, right? I have that played my last we, game we, for we, the we, Montreal Canadiens. Right. 
Right. This is a the 180 degrees away from that. Vasilevsky does not think like that. And this was an understanding that they've had. And Coop is not a goalie puller. doesn't matter who it is, but he's had Vasilevsky the last couple of years. And so their mentality is, like, the team's not doing well. The goalie's going down with everybody else, but he's battling all the way. And if you look at it, I think overall, I, I've thought about this, and I'm not quoting Cooper or Vasilevsky or anybody. This is my own opinion based on what I see. I think they, they must have thought, and Coop must have thought, I'm not going to give Colorado the satisfaction of thinking we have slain the dragon mm. because Vasi has that reputation, the best goalie in the world, and winning six of the last seven series clinching games in the last three years by a shutout. Not just winning, by a shutout. Six out of seven times. We have slain the dragon. He didn't do that. I right. thought it was freaking brilliant. What would you do with Kemper? What would you do with Kemper if you're Bednar? So if, if it's Kemper, I would assume he would come back with Kemper. If he is indeed his number one guy, which words to the effect, um, I felt like that's what Bednar was saying. Um, I think you always go back to that guy. Yeah. And that's important because he has to know his room and he has to know his goaltenders. I know the record of Francois, and that speaks for itself. But the problem is for your coach, if you have to think too much about it, what is your team thinking about? And that's the advantage that, that uh, John Cooper has. He doesn't have to spend one second thinking about who's in goal. He doesn't ever put out Brian Elliott. No, he's not. He's, he's just not going to. I mean, if you have, you have the guy who everybody's, not just him, declaring the best goalie in the world, is Elliott going to play? No. No, not for a second. Brian, really appreciate your time. Hopefully we'll catch up uh, before the series is over. If it goes seven games, we will see. You want to, I'm guessing you made a prediction before the series started, right? Is that fair to say? <laughs> well, um, I always think the Lightning are going to win. I didn't pick any games, and no, I'm not doing that right now either. Well, as a, as a friend <laughs> I just, of I just watch I just watch the games and talk about it after. Well, as a, as a friend of mine, he used to be the play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder used to say to me when he joined the show, he would say, Eric, you know I drink the Kool-Aid. How do you expect me to answer this question? Does that sound about right, Brian? (laughs) Well, that's definitely part of it. There you go. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Be well. Brian Engblom, the analyst on TV for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Coming up after the break, what should Bednar do? Does he go with Francois, who's undefeated in the playoffs, or does he go back with Kemper? We'll talk about that next. I really don't mind what happens now and then, as long as you'll be my friend at the end. If I go crazy, then... Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us at You can reach us. 
Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Low T99. This place is so great for so many different reasons. I've been on testosterone probably for about five to seven years, but Low T99 has made it so easy and so affordable. I don't know why I did not discover them sooner. So this is the deal. It's all-inclusive treatment for 129 bucks a month. So what do you get for 129 bucks a month? For starters, they're going to FedEx you your testosterone and supplies every month on the button. I don't have to go to the pharmacy anymore. That's great. I just had blood work done because you have to go for blood work pretty much every three months. I don't pay for blood work anymore, and that can be really expensive. That's part of 129 bucks a month. I need you to go see the doctor for my checkups. Don't have to go in anymore. Everything is done telehealth with one of their doctors. So it is convenient. It's unbelievably affordable as well. If this sounds like you or someone you know, highly recommend you go with Low T99. You can find them online, lowt99.com. That's lowt99.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. So you're behind the bench. You're Jared Bednar. You're a Kendall. Terry, what are you going to be doing about your goalie situation tomorrow night? I would be going with Pavel Francouz. Gosh. Should he have started the series? You can make that case, too. Uh, I would say, though, I, it's hard not to defend the you dance with the one who brung you syndrome in, in any in any sports situation. But I also think this has crossed that line now where where Kemper has struggled enough that they need to make the change. And I realize I realize, you know, I was sitting here thinking during the break, it is kind of unfathomable and, and incredible incredible that they're two wins for, short of the Stanley Cup, and we're still debating the goaltending. You know, yep. this is not a case. This is not a case of him being staunch all year long and then just hitting a, a a bump in the road in the playoffs. This is a case of him being mercurial all season long, and and in this case, being a being a question mark going into the two possible wins that could have them hoisting the Stanley cup. I'm sort of making fun of myself and all of those who are, who've gotten caught up in this because it really is. It really is almost incredible that we're still doing that. Did he uh, struggle in game one against the lightning? Four, three. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. He did. He struggled. Yeah. I'm going to say he struggled. He gave up three goals and he struggled. Yes. Hmm. Okay. He struggled uh, when he shut out the lightning. No, he didn't. But that was a, a, a obviously a situation where he was he was vir- virtually untested. See, th- that's an argument. I'm sorry. And I, and I, you can't I realize- have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Where, well, he was great because he wasn't tested. No, he stopped every shot. Period. He stopped every you, shot. You think he was heroic in that game? Nope, I don't. I don't think should he stole wipe- him anything. Should that wipe out the, the critical evaluation the rest of the time? He should be criticized for what happened last night. But I think the defense should be criticized as much as him. But oh, nobody, oh, wa- absolutely. But no, no, nobody wants to criticize Kale McCarr and Taves. God oh, forbid! God forbid! Oh, no, God forbid! You you criticize the which is the top defensive pairing in hockey, and they have not been great. 
They just maybe haven't. I'm, maybe I'm too immersed in the hockey uh, world right now, but I think I've been hearing of of acknowledgement and criticism of McCarr and Taves' play last night. They were not good. Uh, Eric Johnson wasn't good last night. Was he? No, I don't think so. Mm. So three of the six were not good last night. Anybody else was was who else wasn't good? <laughs> but I'll keep coming back to the point. You're you have to have your goaltender rise above that in the playoffs, and you, if they can get through it without without making that necessary making that necessary at any point during the playoffs, that'll be rather remarkable too, and will show that what a terrific team this is because of those circumstances. As we talked about, if there were shots from the point that were that were clear potential saves for Kemper, yes, I would yank him. But none of those cases were, were the case. Three of those goals were scored in the slot. And it's very easy for us to say, who, is, who have never played the game, when somebody is standing in front of you, maybe seven feet away, and they just slap a shot at you, I'm sorry, nobody really has reflexes that good to make a lot of those saves. And again, this is what Rantanen said after the game, and I agree with him. I was standing there when he said it. Okay, well, okay, then I'll repeat his quote to you. You can't really ask for a goalie to make every save when you're giving up grade-A chances in the slot. Every save. Mm -hmm. And and, and to me, I'm going to emphasize that. Yeah, you need to make some of them. You know what? There are a lot of really good saves he made yesterday. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay, so you can't expect him to make every save and he didn't and he wasn't great i will not argue that he was great but when you are allowing somebody to shoot on you 10 feet away and there's nothing but you and the goalie no one's reflexes are that fast no one it's not humanly possible especially if you put the puck in a spot where a guy can't react well no one you know who makes that save a brick wall it would be ignorant to close my eyes to that to that uh kind of evaluation i'm not saying that he he didn't make some good saves and that he was facing tough shots he needs to be better no reasonable person would argue that but i don't think you just yank him after three games in which they've won the first two games is he in the head is he in the head of the lightning your goaltender in the playoffs needs to get in the head of the other team Right, and is he that gotta, has that has, that hasn't happened. Let me ask you: Does Pavel Francouz get in the head of anybody? We'll find out. No, 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 he doesn't. But then again, neither does Kemper. Pavel Francouz has been in the spotlight in international hockey. He's he's about the same age. He's no kid. Yeah, he's you, been he's been involved in the Olympics. He's been I'm involved with in World Championships. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's uh, been involved in the in uh, European League playoff right. series and so he's not a green he's not no, a green kid. I agree, but you know where you but you know where your opinion differs from every general manager in the NHL because <laughs> you're on your own island. No one wants to give him the money to be a starting goaltender. The Avalanche have signed him through next year. They gave him an extension. That's fine and he's not making much. No no one's beaten down Joe Sakic's door to get him. So every GM can't be wrong and I love you Terry and you know more about hockey than I do, but you're not right and they're all wrong. If he, was, okay. if, he, if he was that great, then somebody would have wanted him. Then they would have traded for him. I the mean, th- well, think about this for a second. Didn't the Avalanche trade for a goalie who was a backup at, at some point? Guy from the Capitals. He was a backup, wasn't he? You mean Grubauer? Nope. Oh, uh, you mean, you uh, mean Varlamov. 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 He was a backup, wasn't he? 
Well, he was no, he was involved in the kind of a duel over the number one spot. Right, but he he, but, he wanted more money. Right, and it was just a combination of those two things. He but, wanted to be he wanted to be the number one, right. and he wanted more money. Both. Right, right, but and was the he, avalanche? But was the he avalanche the starter on that team? The overall starter on that team. I'm trying to remember. This I don't believe he was. Because I remember when that trade happened. We were driving up the mountains. My point is, yes, he played games, no question about it. But at the end of the day, Sackick wanted him badly enough. I'll take your backup goalie. No one's, no one's calling on Francois. I'm not saying he's not good, but no one's calling on him. So every GM can't be wrong, and you're right, that he's really that great because he played in some international games. He's as good as Kemper. They're, they're, one, they're 1A and 1B. There's not much daylight between the two. Can we agree on that? Yeah, you're right. I agree on that. So with that, you, you have Kemper, who's been your starter all year, and, and I agree just because you're the incumbent, it doesn't mean you get the job. I'm with you on that. But he last night's game was not good. He got no help either, period. But he made every save in game two, and no, he wasn't overly tested. And giving up three goals to a Tampa team that does have a lot of offense. I mean, you saw yesterday... Their four lines all scored. They're a deep team, too. They don't have the same speed as the Avalanche, but is it fair to say they're, they're a high-scoring team? Yes. So so you're going to shame a guy for giving up three goals against <laughs> the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs? I'm not shaming him. I'm saying he should be better, and I would go with, I would go with Francois. He needs to be better, no question. If Kemper comes out and gives up three in the first, it's been fun. Enjoy free agency. Then, 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 Francois will be your starter next year, right? Probably, unless they they let they like Onanen, right? He, who is who has not been impressive in his trials with the Avalanche so far, right? But that's that's who they like. So I, we're in agreement. If if things go badly for for lack of a for lack of a better phrase for three straight periods because he was pulled in the second, right? Right. Then, then 11, you then you probably have minutes. to pull the streak. But you, you give the guy a chance. And he does give up too many rebounds. But he's, he's been given that chance repeatedly, though. Nope, I agree. Coming up after the break, we're going to change it up a little bit. A major shakeup on the PGA Tour. And I got to tell you, with this guy defecting, of all the defections, this might be the biggest one. And this could be the crack in the dam that breaks it open. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at SDHMazda.com. Okay, Brooks Kepka. Four-time major winner has now joined the Live Tour. 
as the new tour has now signed eight of the top 50 players in the world. And I got to tell you, I think this is a significant loss for them. Not because he's a four-time major winner. It's because he's in his prime, like DeChambeau is in his prime. You look at some of the other guys, they're older, they're looking for a paycheck, and I get it. But to lose a guy like Kepka in his prime, and I'm not going to say he's a draw, Terry, like a Tiger Woods, but in some ways he is probably one of the bigger draws on the PGA Tour. I, I am wondering, I am wondering if now we might see the floodgates start to at least crack open a little wider. I wonder, he's, he's what, 19th in the world? Something like that. Yeah, I don't and know I, where he's but, in the rankings, but he's only 32, and uh, DeChambeau's only 27. Both I'm guys are in their prime. You know, what I'm wondering about, actually, is the backlash against this. Uh, the, that we're going to have the first live tournament in the United States in Portland yep. coming up in a, in, in a, at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, which is a terrific course, by the way. Right. But, but, but they're going to have the first tournament there. And, and I think you know Oregon can be a different place. I would expect that there will be some protests and, and some uh, backlash against all of this. And I'm really surprised that the first tournament is going to be in Portland. And, uh, I, you know, the, if those guys, again, you know, want to pass the, uh, the conscience test of accepting money from the, from the uh, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, that, that's, that's another issue. Well, here, let's put it this way. And uh, Danny, I'm going to bring you in this on this as well. If I told you, you can work less and make more money. Would that sound appetizing to you? I'll start with you, Terry. Does that sound good? You get to work less and make a lot more. Yes, that sounds pretty good to me. Okay. Danny, sound pretty good to you? Sounds great. I know. Hey. Because they only play 54 holes. And every guy who plays is guaranteed a check. If you finish in last place, you get paid over $100,000. See, I, but I think that's part of the strength of the PGA Tour is that you know that these are individual entre entrepreneurs who, in most cases, have to make their own living. So are you saying you don't blame them for going? No, I'm saying that's why I, that's why I am appreciative of the PGA Tour is because the players are individual entrepreneurs. Well, okay, that's great. But as an entrepreneur, your goal is to work less and make more. But the, but they're handed that money. They're guaranteed that money. Good. I like them. I like them. I like watching. I admire them for for playing well under pressure, knowing that that that's where their money's coming. From. Well, here they they aren't being handed a check on the on the PGA tour. You're not being handed a check. I realize there's sponsors. Who cares? And everything as else. a golfer, why would you care that you're getting handed a check? You're showing up, you're getting $100,000. I'm not talking about the golfers. I'm talking about the public the public perception, the public acceptance, and the public being interested in golf because they understand that these guys are not scraping out a living because it's very, very uh, uh, lucrative, as we all know. Well, but in my, in my mind, I admire the golfers because they don't have guaranteed contracts. I admire guys who are smart financially who want more money to work less. I don't know any American that would turn that down. But let me let me tell you something else. Would you have any conscience at all about accepting money from the Saudis? Uh, well, that, well, that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different conversation. But here's something else to consider. Charles Schwartzel, who won the first event. You know what his career earnings were before he won the, the live tournament, the last one? You know what his career earnings were? $14.87. His career earnings were less than $4 million on the PGA Tour. Career earnings were less than $4 million. He won this tournament and made over $4 million. 
Who in the world is going to turn that down? He made more money in one See, tournament but, than his whole career. But we're talking about two issues here. I'm, mine is the issue of the public, the public evaluating the public, uh, the public deciding whether they can support this kind of a tournament in Portland, Oregon, for example. Well, some, something that they something that they should consider this tournament. They shouldn't have as many events in the United States. There's eight of them, and five of them are in the United States. But here's something else. I th- th- the I with Phil Mickelson, his original stand on this, he butchered it completely. Okay, on so many different levels, talking about Khashoggi and all of those other things. But I'll tell you where he was right. The PGA is greedy. They are, and they they turn that thing into a monopoly, and that's why this thing started, and that's why guys are defecting. And you don't see the PGA paying these guys anymore. But if you lose guys like Kepka. Guys in their prime, they might have to start paying more because guys will defect. At the end of the day, what's more important to you? If you really think not you personally, but to most people, what's more important to you? Your political beliefs or supporting your family? What's more important? Don't say. Oh, you mean you mean they're standing at the bottom of a freeway ramp with a cardboard no. sign saying, "Hey, listen, we'll, we'll play golf for food." You, you know what? You can set up your family for generations, and I knew you were going to go there. My point is: is there anything wrong with having more money? Is there anything wrong with having a third house? Is there anything wrong with being able to go on vacations whenever you if feel you're, like if it? you're if you're evaluating it against the context of who you're accepting the money from? Yes, there is something wrong with it. Okay, and and I I understand and respect your point of view, and I lean more towards your point of view as well. But most people would rather play fifty four holes and earn in one tournament more money than you have your entire career. And if you don't win it, you still get guaranteed money. That's a pretty good deal. But you you look in the mirror and you don't care. You don't. A lot of a lot of people probably wouldn't care. They really really wouldn't. I mean, let me ask you, Terry, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. If you got a phone call tomorrow from the Saudi prince and he said, Terry, love your radio show, love all your books, and I want to give you $10 million, are you going to turn it down? Yes. You are? Yes. $50 million? Yes. $100 million? Yes. A trillion. You can't be bought. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, I got news for you. I don't know if Helen's listening to the show, but I think she'll disagree with you. Would she? Would she tell you, Terry, you're crazy for turning down a billion dollars? I don't know. We'll find out. You should ask her. Get back to me tomorrow. Text me. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Well, we see it a lot in sports where guys retire, come back from retirement. Uh, Sometimes they even retire again and come back again. We might be in the midst of another one of those situations in the NFL. Also, The four-year anniversary of a very special day for the Denver Nuggets today. We'll tell you why. And also, the uh, NHL is handing out its awards. The Vesna Trophy winner has been announced. We'll get to that as well. And just maybe, we might have the Norris Trophy winner before we go off the air. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. And if you sell this life in good Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. We have some breaking news. The Norris winner is 
Kale McCarr. I think all of us thought it was going to be the guy from Nashville. And I'm guessing, Terry, it's your vote that put McCarr <laughs> over the top. Yeah, I'll take credit for that. Wow. How surprised are you? I'm not surprised life? at all. I thought he was going to win it. Say it again. I'm not at all surprised. I thought he was going to win it. You did think he was going to win it. Yeah. But wait a minute. You said that earlier in the show, you thought the guy from Nashville was going to win it. No, I thought he, uh, I thought Kale McCarr was, had the vote of enough of enough of the writers that he was going to win it. I, I said you could make an eminently defensible case right. for voting for voting otherwise. Well, you know what? I think this is going to be one of many, 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 many. As long as he stays healthy, I don't see how he's going to be challenged. Do you? Uh, no, he's uh, been compared already to to, uh, to Bobby Orr, and has has been kind of court, has been uh, has been crowned as the king of the defensemen that way. And I'm reading that Bobby Orr won eight. Uh, but I do think it was eminently defensible, and I'll say it again to vote for Roman Yossi. He, he rallied at the end of the year, and voting for him I don't think was was indefensible, but Kale McCarr deserved to win it. And the votes were done after the regular season, correct? Yeah. Yes, it had, your vote had to be in by the time the puck was dropped for the first face-off in the playoffs. I mean, if the voting was done, if the deadline was a week ago, I think McCarr would have been a slam dunk. No doubt. But, oh, yeah, I think that, too. And now it's, you know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like McCarr. McCarr chasing down Orr, I think, is going to kind of be like Tiger trying to chase down Jack Nicholas. Oh, to do the, the number of Norris trophies? Yep. He's only 23. Yeah. He's only 23. Unless, and if he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why he doesn't win five, six. What do you think? I don't either, but he's, he's the, he's really kind of at the forefront of the changing of the game. The, the, uh, the integration of the hybrid defenseman into the scheme of things and how it's, just how much it's changed. And so in some ways, he's the leading edge of that revolutionary change. And I think that will help him in, quote, voting results over the years, too. So McC- he's, he's, he's an influential player, too, and I don't even think he realizes just how influential he's going to be as young players watch him, as young, young players try to emulate him. And I think that was kind of the true, that was kind of true with Bobby Orr also. Uh, looking something, ooh, this could be interesting. I'm guessing they announced it on the broadcast, but I'm not watching the broadcast right now. I do not know P.K. Subban's birthday, okay? But Kale McCarr also could be the youngest guy to ever win the Norris Trophy because Subban won it at 23 as well. May 13th, 1989 is P.K. Subban's birthday. May 13th. Oh, so Makar would be the youngest. No, no, no. Subban would be the... Wait, when was his birthday? May 13th. So he had just turned 23. He had yes. just turned... So Makar was born October 30th of 98. So Subban is still the youngest, but whatever. Time, time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Ah! 
Just In Case You Missed It, is presented by Argonaut Wine & Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. By the way, before we get to this, I have, the, I have the voting in front of me. And Terry, maybe your vote did make a difference. I'm not kidding. Kale McCarr got 1,631 points. Roman Yossi got 1,606 points. Wow. So, so the difference is only 25. Um, Yossi got more first place votes than Makar did. Yossi got 98 and Makar got 92. Would you happen to know how many points a first place vote is worth? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I No, I don't have that in front of me. Because I can tell you right now, um, the number of votes is, well, 92, 98. I can't add that fast. So it's probably, it's it's 200 total votes, roughly. Mm-hmm. So each vote is worth, I don't know, is each, is each vote worth about, I you know what? I'm not kidding when I say this, <laughs> although I could be wrong. Uh, as I'm live on the air, I'm having a difficult time doing the math. I'd be willing to bet that a first place vote is easily worth more than 25 points. I don't know. It would have to be. Because there are less than 200 votes. 97, 195 people voted on this. 195 people voted on this. So if it's 1,631 points, I mean, it's got to be worth at least 15, 20 points for a first place vote. Either one one of them would have been a deserving winner, and Kale McCarr certainly is. But but your homer vote may have put him over the top. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, I put it through the Homer filter. I understand. I, I'm a, I'm a contrarian in that way. I try to stay away from that. I I try to critically evaluate everything and almost lean over backwards to not be a Homer. I passed the test on that one okay. with myself. Okay, because I'm trying to look it up right now. How many points is it worth? Okay, each first place vote is worth ten points. So if yours went to Yo, and then the next one is seven points. So it would have been even tighter if you weren't such a homer. Danny, <laughs> Danny, quickly, can we get to this or no? Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, four years ago today, Michael Porter Jr. was drafted 14th overall by the Nuggets. What is your expectation for MPJ's next season in the NBA? Will it be in Denver? Will it be somewhere else? And what Nobody's kind of play take, do you think you'll see from him? Nobody's going to take that contract, so it's going to be in Denver. And when he gets on the floor, that's when I'll start evaluating. Yeah. I just don't know if he's ever going to get out there. Yeah. By the way, uh, this just in. Um, Julian Breesbaugh of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, Chris Drury of the New York Rangers, and Joe Sackick are the three finalists for the GM of the Year Award. Do you know when that's going to be announced? I think I don't know. I don't know. Well, a lot of help you are. I thought you were a big hockey guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that- they, usually, they usually do it at a big soiree in Las Vegas, so this, this entire uh, – this entire uh, unveiling is unique, and I don't understand the complete technicalities of all of it. Yeah, I don't see how you don't give it to uh, Thakic with with the, with uh, with a lot of the deals he made at the deadline, and and he also drafted McCarr and McKinnon and Landis, Coggin, and Ranton, and yada yada yada. That was Argonaut Wine. July seventh. July se- Oh, that's his birthday. July seventh will be when the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award is that, awarded. That is uh, Joe Sakic's birthday. 
And the only reason I know that is, is because that's my daughter's birthday. So every year I text Joe and wish him a happy birthday because I happen to know that's on his birthday. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. All 750 milliliter domestic wines are 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers. And for any order over 100 bucks or more, it is free. CY Westward has named Argonaut the best liquor store in Denver five years running. See them on Colfax or go to Argonaut Liquor. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Terry, it's game day tomorrow. Get excited for your another pregame skate. Make it the best possible. I love those. I know you do. You've only been to like three of them over the course of your career. Make it the best possible (laughs) night you can. Picture yourself on